This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Hello, everybody, and back again on Newsmakers on 1490 WDAN. I'm Steve Brandy sitting in for Linda Bolton, and we've got a special treat today. Another Red Mask production is coming up, The Graduate. We've got three people in here to talk about it. Jamie Coutant, who plays the mom in The Graduate in this version of it. Debbie Prentice is director, and Brooke Krzyzewski is playing Elaine Robinson. That's the daughter of Mrs. Robinson, in case any of you forget, because I had to remember who that was. <laughs> All right, let's before we get started, let's give credit for the person that put this all together, and that, of course, is Lisa Gilmore-Strain. She called me and said, Steve, can we do an interview on newsmakers and you know lisa and i go way back and i just have to tell this story lisa's father jim gilmore and my father bill brandy were in many shows together and the most memorable was exactly 40 years ago this spring a dlo production of the pajama game and any of you out there that remember this my dad threw out his back a week before the show and had to play the part of the boss Hassler in a wheelchair. And you know what? It worked. It just seemed so natural to have the cranky boss in a wheelchair. So the legacy of Jim Gilmore and Bill Brandy in theater in this town, I was so proud of my dad. That worked out so well. (laughs) As for Lisa, yeah, I really wish she was here. I know she's teaching at the time that we're recording this, but we were in the same homeroom at Danville High School for two years. That was Molly Bogart's Danville High School radio staff. Molly was our supervisor. And I was known for if anybody said something that reminded me of a song, I would start singing the song just immediately. Sounds like my husband. <laughs> uh, Debbie's husband does that. I've got to sit down and talk to him. But you know what? If I had known that all these years later, Lisa would be playing this role in The Graduate, I would have walked into that homeroom every day and started singing, and here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. But... But I couldn't see the future. So we're talking about The Graduate. It opens Friday night, April 1st. Debbie Prentice, the director, why? I know it's graduation season coming up, but what made The Graduate a good choice for this Red Mass play? Well, every season we have what's called a reading committee, and they read plays, and then they present them to the board. The board reads them and picks the ones that they want to present. And this was... An iconic movie. Most people know The Graduate. And um, getting back into presenting plays after the pandemic, we wanted some plays that people know to try to get people to come. And The Graduate is one of those good shows that's, I believe, is going to draw people in. I've seen so many plays of Red Mask over the years where they make adjustments to the timeliness. Now, is this going to take place in the late 60s when the movie occurred, or did we modernize it to take place now? Uh, Debbie, what did we do? 1964. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it takes place in 1964. And looking back at the movie, a lot of people remember Mark Craig, who was later known to play, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Mark Daniels, I think was his name. He played Dr. Craig, that's why I said that, on St. Elsewhere. He played the father, and then a very, Mm -hmm. very young Dustin Hoffman playing Benjamin. I mean, good grief, we've all seen it. So, Jamie Katat, you play the mom, and what got your interest in being part of this show? Well, I've been involved in Red Mask for years since Children's Theater, and I like 
community theater is my family and my home and so I like to be involved when I could and Debbie needed some extra women and <laughs> I just happened to show up and it it's a fun part. And on Brooke Krzyzewski's side, you're playing Elaine Robinson, the daughter of Mrs. Robinson. Uh, was this a movie you were familiar with, or was this a role you'd always wanted to play? What got your interest going? Well, it's definitely a film I'd been familiar with. Um, as for the role, I, ha- I guess I hadn't ever really given it much thought, um, but I always found it kind of intriguing. Uh, Elaine is sort of a subdued individual, and... I feel like it's a it's a lot of fun trying to bring that character to life because while she seems rather subdued compared to her mother, she has a lot of her own strong character traits. So it's fun getting to find out what those are. Uh, I'm trying to remember what those are. So I'll be pl- I'll be there opening night. By the way, I've got my tickets, as Jamie knows. So uh, all right, Debbie, I did that reservation. Yes, you did, and I thank you, Debbie. Who else? Like, tell us who's playing Benjamin. Who okay. else is playing the big part? <clears throat> Benjamin is Zach. Um, Ditmar, um, Dad Braddock is Eric Rossman. Um, Lisa's husband, Mr. Robinson, is Tim Kirby. We have um, Brandon Hogue, who's playing several parts. Um, he's going to be the the hotel desk clerk, the barman, the priest, and <clears throat> the psychiatrist. You're not going to want to miss that scene. Um, and we have Rick Prentice, my husband, and um, Tyler Johnson Zimmerman, who are pl- playing a couple of drunks that go into the club that Benjamin takes Elaine to. And um, I think that's it, isn't yeah. it? And yeah, Rachel. Rachel. Oh, Rochelle Abner. Oh, how can I forget Rochelle? She's our stripper. Oh, boy. In the club. <laughs> and Casey Marion is... Uh, the desk receptionist. All right, so we've got a stripper in a club. We've got a psychiatrist's <laughs> office. We've got, of course, the Robinson home. Tell me about the set. How tough was it to put the set together? It's It was challenging. Um, fortunately, the last play, The Trouble with Cats, we were able to take their set and modify it for our use. Um, we have uh, three scenes that take place up in the bedroom. We have... Um, a couple of scenes that take, well, three scenes actually that take place all in the same room, just different decorations. And we, it's, it was, it was tough trying what? to figure out how to do it. That's a good idea though. Cause I was at the trouble with catch. You had the lower level, you had mm-hmm. the upper level. Jamie, you can probably tell me how often does that happen <laughs> where you take a set from one show and use it in some part for the next show? It does happen quite often. Um, it just depends on the shows. A lot of times, because I do a lot of children's theater, and a lot of times I'll say, I'll look at the show going on prior to the children's show and say, mm, we can use that set, but um, it it does happen. Usually in some form or another, we can use at least part of it or not a little bit. This happens in the real world all the time because I can remember after the Super Bowl when it was Joe Montana of the Niners against Dan Marino of the Dolphins. I was a senior in high school. And they made a Diet Pepsi commercial with the losing quarterback congratulating the winning quarterback. And I later found out what they did was they turned around the set for Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. 
And that's what they used for the locker room Pepsi machine scene. And it turned out both Montana and Marino were from the Pittsburgh area. That made sense, okay? You, you do whatever's convenient. So, Brooke Krzyzewski, uh, what other shows have you look familiar? What other shows have you been in at Red Mask or in the area? I've done quite a few shows. I'm actually coming out of basically a hibernation period um, and rejoining the forces. But with Red Mask, uh, I started out when I was nine doing their children's shows. Mm -hmm. Um, But their other adult shows. That makes me feel old. (laughs) Poor Jamie. Um, But um, for other adult shows, I've done The Diary of Anne Frank, Inherit the Wind, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. I've done some DLO shows as well. And you were most recently in the Red Mask Christmas show. Yes, I was. And you started at age nine. What was that? What show? Um, it was called Mother Goose Television, and I was a dwarf. Uh, I, I'm very tall as an adult. I was regular-sized then, um, which I think is fun. My mother convinced me, and she will tell you that she doesn't remember this, that um, when I was on stage, nobody could see me. They could only see the character, which got me over my fear of talking to people in general. I, I would cry profusely if you made me speak in front of anybody. So she'll say she doesn't remember that, but I do. Mm-hmm. And now you're doing a radio interview. You've come yeah. a long way. So. I, I talk in front of um, people for a living in general. So, Well, I'm looking forward to this. Debbie Prentice, mm-hmm. what was the most challenging part? And, of course, we're still a week or so as of recording this away from it. What's been the toughest scene or the toughest part for preparing for The Graduate? <laughs> Um, <laughs> I think the other two know the answer, but you tell me. Um, well, <laughs> let's talk about props. Okay. <laughs> um, I I needed a jukebox for the club scene, and I mean, I begged on Facebook. I I went to Deanna Witzel at McDonald's, and she didn't want to take the chance of it being moved, hers being moved and being damaged, which I totally understand. And then just, um, was it yesterday, I think? Yesterday, I went into Glory Days and asked them if they had one, and they didn't. But one of the guys that worked there, um, his neighbor had one, and he called him and he said, yeah, I'll donate it to him. So I (laughs) I have my jukebox. She's she's avoiding that answer, though. (laughs) (laughs) I think Brooke and I would both say that the bedroom scene has probably been the most challenging for everyone. <laughs> How many are in this scene? Two. Oh, okay. Well, well, she comes in and Eric Rawson comes in. Mom and Dad come in while they're going at it and uh, talking to them. And but we're not really there. We're in his. We're in Benjamin's mind. Right. Ah. In Benjamin's mind. So, but luckily, uh, Lisa. And Zach um, knew each other through DLO, so it wasn't quite as awkward as it could have been Mm -hmm. if someone else had played that part. Now, when when you talk about this scene is imagined by somebody, how mm -hmm. hard is that to get across to the audience, making sure they know this is an imagined scene, this isn't real? I mean, is there a certain thing you need to do? (laughs) Oh, they're going to know. (laughs) yeah, and, and on that subject, um, this is an adult show that does have, you know, some mature sexual content. So, and language. And language. Mm-hmm. So it would be something you would not want to bring your young children to. 
Well, let's talk about that, because in the 80s, I remember when Red Mask did Same Time Next Year, and that was, of course, an adult-oriented show. So, Debbie, what happens when you want to do an adult-oriented content show? Do you have to convince people, or do people realize, look, there's three shows a year in a Red Mask season. Some of them are going to be more towards the adults. Um, Sometimes. Um, It just depends on what the board likes, what they read, you know. we, we try to, um, as being a board member as well, try to provide something that's going to appeal to everybody. Mm-hmm. We so. usually have like a comedy, a drama, you know, so we try to cover all the bases every right. season. Absolutely. And I can think back to so many shows I saw, like you'd go from a family comedy, and I can't even remember what the name of it was, but a friend of mine was in it, the one where the kid always goes, Mommy, I love you, six. And then the next show was uh, Whose Life Is It Anyway, which was extremely serious. So, Brooke, in all your years doing shows in Danville, you've probably had all kinds, right? The serious ones, the not-so-serious ones. You have a favorite type at all? I know that I do better with the serious dramas. Um, I have a hard time keeping it together with comedies, as I found with our Christmas show. Um, that the, There's something about a comedy that I, I can't help but laugh while I'm doing it. It's very difficult for me to hold it together. So I found that I do like the serious dramas. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's okay to laugh. I remember one of my favorite television shows when I was a kid was What's Happening. And the mother would laugh hysterically at the funny lines, and it was like the director wanted her to do that. They were just being themselves up there. But that's a little hard to do sometimes, isn't it? It it is. It is. Now, I do like some of these uh, different dramas we get to do. I get to let out some steam sometimes, and this one I get to scream fairly (laughs) loudly and basically throw a giant fit, which is fun. Um, So I just sort of hold in all of my aggression (laughs) every week until I get to rehearse that scene. (laughs) She doesn't. Else she do. doesn't scream as loud as I screamed during Trouble with Cats, the with the mouse scene. Oh yes, <laughs> I forgot about that. That was a great scene. Yeah, I enjoyed that. All right, Debbie, when you have when you're talking about getting Brooke to show the amount of screaming or anger or are the right emotions right, or are we still fine tuning things? Next week is the week leading up to opening day. From when we're recording this on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. where are we? How's it looking? It's looking great. Um, it's really looking good. We're going to be ready. We we are going to be ready. Um, we've we've had a couple of bumps mm-hmm. in this show. Um, we had a snowstorm. We had to call off rehearsal. We had an ice storm, um, and but they have worked extra extra hard to put this together. That's right. That snowstorm and ice storm was mm-hmm. just recently. I live north of here. That was a challenge for me. When did you start rehearsal for this? About what day? Well, it was supposed to be the day this, basically the second snowstorm came through. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we basically, we held auditions immediately um, the week after Trouble with Cats, so, mm-hmm. and then you go into rehearsal, so. Yeah, we were supposed to have our first read-through on that Thursday after the Trouble with Cats. Um, closed, but we couldn't. <laughs> so we went to the next week, and then we had a snowstorm the next week, and then we had an ice storm the week after that. And it's just, but it, it's been a challenge. Don't get me wrong, it's been a challenge, but they have stepped up and, you know, really put their hearts into this, and it's it's going to be a good show. 
Well, let's give you the dates. It opens up Friday evening, April 1st. There's a mm-hmm. show Saturday evening, April 2nd. And is it during the day, Sunday, April yes. 3rd? Yes. Afternoon, okay, 2 then, o'clock. Then the following week, Friday, April 8th, Saturday, April 9th, Sunday, April 10th. And I, I've got something going on at my college the second weekend, so I'm going opening night, Friday, April 1st. And I just want to say that night is going to rock in Danville because that's the <laughs> night of the first Friday event in downtown Danville, the Hop Downtown Family Easter event, which goes from 3 o'clock on. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the Red Mass play. So I'm doing both. I'll be out there taking pictures for our website, checking out the petting zoo at the library, and then I'll be there 7 or 7.30 we start. 7.30. 7.30 on mm-hmm. Friday, April 1st. And it's no April Fool's joke. It's going right. to be wild that day in Danville between the Easter event and and the opening of the Red Mass play. All right, it's been a long time. A couple of shows I was involved in in high school, I remember what this is like, but Brooke, your experiences since you were nine years old, is the final week leading up to the show the toughest, or is it just fun with all the adrenaline? How do you summarize it? Oh, the first couple of days are definitely rough. I'm not sure what it is about Tech Week, but the first couple of days during Tech Week, everything... Um, even if it's been going smoothly, in my experience, the first couple of days, you're like, this isn't going to happen. And then magically <laughs> that third night, you're like, oh, this is this was better than I could have expected. It's a show. This is amazing. Uh, and all of a sudden you've got this all of this adrenaline, this confidence going into it. But there's something about the first two days when you're putting all of the costumes and things together that makes it feel like chaos. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it always works out. Debbie yeah. Prentice, what about you? Do you have a fa- and I forgot the the name of it. That shows you how long it's been since I've been in theater. Tech Week, of course, that's mm-hmm. what we call it. Now, Debbie, what is your favorite day of Tech Week? The beginning, the middle, the end, or does it just all drive you crazy? You're you're the director. What's your take on that? My favorite day of Tech Week is Thursday, which is dress rehearsal, and <clears throat> that's when we do the show. Hopefully, flawless. Um, we invite a couple people to come in and watch that would not ordinarily be able to afford a ticket to come. And, um, and then that shows you, you know, and I think it shows the cast too, you know, well, maybe I need to tweak this a little bit, or maybe I need to do this a little bit. And then Friday night, we're there. We're on stage, we're opening and well, Jamie Gatton, you went through this with the trouble with cats. How did Tech Week for that show go? That's a recent memory. What can you tell us? Um, oh, my goodness, Tech Weeks. Um, well, that one was a little rough because that elaborate set that you saw was still being worked on during Tech Week. Um, but, yeah, Tech Weeks are, are crazy. I like Brooke. I've been doing this since I was real young, and now that I'm older – Tech weeks are even harder because you're working all day and then you're rehearsing at night. And usually by Thursday, I'm like, oh, my goodness, we are we're going to be able to do this. <laughs> now, something about the trouble with cats that amazed me, all those openings and closings of doors, because you've, <laughs> you've got parties that don't know the other party is there. You guys did that beautifully. How tough was it to get those door openings right? Um. It it actually wasn't too hard because we could see each other behind those doors up there. So we knew when they were coming and when they were going. And we we had um, we had our ways of knowing. (laughs) Debbie Prentice, Mm -hmm. what about with the graduate 
sometimes the stuff I'm just talking about, the average person in the crowd may not think, oh, that's right, that wasn't a spoken line, but that was tough to coordinate. What's the toughest thing in this show besides the bedroom scene or anything like that? Something that's a little hard to coordinate that the crowd may not think of, timing somewhere that you're trying to get right. Mm. <laughs> well, there's there's a couple of, of scenes in there that... Um, that need to flow mm-hmm. and um we're we're trying to get those right now and once everybody has their lines down pat it'll flow but that that's been the hardest um just getting some of them to you know like they're supposed to cut each other off in certain sentences and some sometimes if you're not sure of your line you don't come in when you're supposed to but it's or coming you draw along. A blank. <laughs> yeah, you draw a blank. That's happened before. Or they're all the same type of line, but they're yes. worded differently. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's my confession uh, as we get ready for the graduate to premiere Friday, April 1st at Red Mask. Okay, I've seen the movie. I know all the Simon and Garfunkel songs and all the music, but you know what? I don't remember how the movie ends. I don't remember how this thing wraps up. Well, it up. doesn't end the same way that the play does, and there's different <clears throat> things in the play that are not in the movie it's 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 the same story but just not exactly the same as the movie the movie ends with Dustin Hoffman of course going into the church and bringing her out and then they they hop on a bus and they're sitting in the back of the bus and they're just and that's how it ends they're just riding this bus and they're just kind of looking off like oh lord what did i do but that's how theirs ends. And, of course, you really don't know what happens next. That, that That's one right. of those movies where you're left wondering what's going to happen next, and it's up to your own interpretation. And that leads to my next question. Is there a theme to this movie? Is there a moral to this movie? Brooke, what would you say to that? Oh. Oh, goodness. <laughs> and I meant to this play, of course, the way the play ends. Is there a moral? Is there a theme? I think it's that they were meant for each other. Well, see, I don't, I don't know that I agree with that. I think there's this, at least for Elaine, there's this underlying, I guess not underlying, but there's this sense that she's rather dull or subdued, and maybe it's because she didn't know how to create her own character outside of her mother mm. and not knowing how to compete with such a vibrant character. So I know at least for my character, what she does most of the show is she starts to grow a backbone and she starts mm-hmm. to create that independence. And so whether or not it ends up being a happy ending for Benjamin and Elaine after everything we do, you I don't, don't know. You don't know. <laughs> but I think that there's definitely a point of her finally sticking up for herself in a mm-hmm. way, even though it means pushing away parents. I well, think that I think that is true for both um, Benjamin and Elaine. Mm-hmm. Um, as being young adults, you know, just in college and everything, they've always had their parents telling them what to do, and everything. And they finally, in the you know, end, mm-hmm. get you that know, background. I'm gl- I'm glad to hear you say that because the first time I saw the movie, that was my reaction. It's like, good grief, Benjamin, grow up! It's like you're nine <laughs> or ten years old. You're a college kid be a young man so yes that's the one even though i couldn't remember how the movie ended that was the emotion i felt 
watching it. So that's one of the emotions I'm sure will be in the crowd as we get ready for the graduate at Red Mask, April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, and April 8th, 9th, and 10th. Uh, Jamie, let's get a final word from you. You've now been in back-to-back shows. Will you ever do that again? This is quite a bit of stuff for you here, isn't it? Well, um, I started out, I directed the fall show of... um Playing with Fire after Frankenstein. Loved it, yes. I was in the Christmas show. I was in Trouble with Cats. I'm in The Graduate. And I just held auditions and am directing our spring children's or spring youth show, Pollyanna, which will be in May. Yeah, you never stop, do you? I never stop. (laughs) Debbie, what about you? You going to be taking a rest after this? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, this is probably, I've directed, I don't even know how many shows I've directed, but this has probably been the most challenging mm-hmm. as far as set and and figuring out how we're going to do this, how we're going to go from here to there. What do we, you know, this has probably been the most challenging. So, yes, I am going to take a break. Mm-hmm. Brooke Krzyzewski, <laughs> what about you? What's next for you? Oh, no, I'm I'm jumping full force back into this. So if there's an opportunity that seems intriguing, I'm going for it. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you said you were yes. kind of in hibernation for I a was. while. So you're back. Hey, that's great. That's kind of what happened with my dad. He had acted in college and then didn't for many, many years. And then when he got involved here, he went full tilt and was in some wonderful shows. My favorite was probably Sly Fox. In fact, Lisa Gilmore Strain was in that with him years ago. Mm, yep. And So, yes, remember all those very well. So all three of you, Jamie Coutin, Debbie Prentice, Brooke Krzyzewski, thank you for joining us on Newsmakers, I'm Steve Brandy, sitting in for Linda Bolton on 1490 WDAN, getting ready for opening night. And again, let's tell you again, 7.30 Fridays and 7.30 Saturdays and 2 o'clock Sunday afternoons, the weekends of April 1st through 3rd and 8th through the 10th, The Graduate at Catherine Randolph Theater. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you soon. Oh, wait a minute. You have one more thing to add? Yeah, the phone number. Even though we have festival seating, you can call and and make a reservation. It's 217-442-5858. I'm so glad you said that. 217-442-5858, the number to order tickets. And I should know. I just did that the other day. (laughs) All right. So, Debbie, thank you for that reminder. This has been Newsmakers on 1490 WDAN. Take care. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.